You know, today is not Shavuot. But because we don't have a place to meet for Shavuot and because there's no time for me to do a teaching on Shavuot that's on that day, we're actually doing our celebration today. That's why we're having our own egg for Shavuot. And for Batya. So that will explain why I'm going where I'm going today. I'm not going to be teaching on Bamibar. And let me explain something too. Because of how much Batya was preparing for the reading, I actually presented the option to her, like on a regular bat mitzvah, she would have been bringing a message. And she was just too overwhelmed with studying uh, for the reading that she said, uh, no. So I thought I was going to have a week off, but it didn't work out that way. Soren Kierkegaard was a Danish philosopher, theologian, poet, social critic, critic, and a religious author who lived in the early 1800s. He's been quoted as saying, a hungry person needs a meal, not a menu. A starving person needs rice, not a recipe. And a sick person needs medicine, not a lecture on medicine. He says, too many sermons are menus, recipes, and lectures. So with his words in mind, I pray that I'm providing you with more than a menu, more than a recipe, more than a lecture, but substance for your spiritual growth. Today we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 2. If you don't already know the obvious reasons, they will become obvious pretty quickly. So to start out, I have a few questions, and then I'm going to attempt to offer some answers. You may find other answers. You may know other answers, but that's okay. That's what learning is all about. First question is, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 tells us that when the day of Shavuot or Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. So why was it? that there were, as Acts chapter 2, verse 5 says, in the Tree of Life version, Jewish people were staying in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. Or as the New King James puts it, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Second question is, why did God choose that day to fill the believers in Yeshua with the Ruach HaKodesh? as it says in verse 4. And thirdly, what does it mean for us today? So number one, why were they in Jerusalem and at Pentecost, at Shavuot? It becomes very simple. They were there to celebrate God's appointed feast of Shavuot. As we know, the Feast of Shavuot follows 50 days after the Feast of Pesach, or Passover. And it was celebrated for a couple of reasons. And again, you can think of other reasons, but this is just two of them. First, it was to give thanksgiving for the first fruits of the wheat harvest. 
as Leviticus chapter 23, 17 says. And then these were Torah-observant Jews that were following the commands of God to come up to Jerusalem at the appointed times. A second reason is according to tradition, Moses received the Torah from God at Shavuot. So in either case, they were there to celebrate Shavuot as God prescribed in Leviticus. And they were to thank God for that wheat harvest and thanking him for giving his Torah. Which, if you focus on just the Ten Commandments or the Ten Statements, or sometimes called the Ten Words from God, if nothing else but those Ten Commandments, they were there to celebrate. Pentecost comes from a Greek word meaning 50. You counted 50, right? And it's used to describe the Feast of Shavuot. So that's why they were in that place and at that time. They weren't somewhere else, but they were in Jerusalem. The command was always to go up to Jerusalem for the feast. Second question, why did God choose that day to fill the believers in Yeshua with the Ruach HaKodesh? Why not another day? Why not another Moed? Why was it that one? Because Shavuot is God's revelation of himself, of his Torah, his instructions to his people. Just like we read back in Exodus chapters 19 and 20. God conveyed his instructions to Moses on Mount Sinai. It was accompanied by thunder, lightning, a shofar blast, and God coming down upon the mountain in fire. And his voice calling out to Moses in Exodus chapter 19, verses 16 through 19. And it was witnessed not only by the Israelites, because if you recall back in Exodus chapter 12, verse 38, it was a mixed multitude that went up with them. Okay, so what does that have to do with the day that we call Shavuot? Think about some of the things that the events of Exodus chapter 19 and Exodus 19 and Acts chapter 2 have in common. First, there was a sound from heaven. On Mount Sinai, when God gave his Torah to Moses, he says in Exodus chapter 19, verse 6, there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain, and the sound of the trumpet was very loud. When the Ruach HaKodesh came upon the Jewish believers in Yeshua, in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, it says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there was fire that came down from heaven. On Mount Sinai, when God gave his Torah to Moses, in Exodus 19:18, it says that Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. In Acts chapter 2, the Ruach came on the day of Shavuot, and it says, Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. 
Another similarity was there was a mixed multitude. The mountainside was surrounded by not only the Israelites, but the mixed multitude that came up with them from Egypt. On the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, verse 10 tells us that both Jews and proselytes, proselytes being God-fearing Gentiles, again, it was a mixed multitude. The other comparison is the teaching. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1, God spoke all these words, saying. So on the day of Pentecost, about 3,300 years ago, God delivered his Torah, his teachings, his instructions to the Israelites and the mixed multitude. Then on Shavuot, about 1,300 years later, Peter quoted the prophet Joel by saying, It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So God was giving his Ruach HaKodesh, his Holy Spirit. So among other things, one function of the the Holy Spirit is to be our teacher. Yeshua was speaking to his disciples in John chapter 14 when he said, These things I have spoken to you while dwelling with you. But the Helper, the Ruach HaKodesh, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of everything that I said to you. So we think about those similarities between the two events. We're reminded that God's timing is perfect. He is a right-on-time God. I know oftentimes we might be praying and we're looking for an answer and we're wondering when the answer is going to come and we think it's late, but guess what? When that answer comes, he's right on time. Shavuot in Leviticus 23:17, it says, You are to bring out of your houses two loaves of bread for a wave offering. Yeshua in John chapter 6 says, I am the bread of life. So the third question, what do these events mean for us today? Are they just historical events that give pastors and teachers and rabbis something to talk about every year when we celebrate Shavuot? Well, yes, they are historical events. But those events also hold something very important for us today. Shavuot today lets us know we now have an access to God that is not restricted. In Exodus 19.24, we see that the words came, Do not let the Kohanim and the people break through to come up to Adonai, for he will break out against them. So we read that passage there and see that God's presence was hidden in the clouds and in the thunder and the fire and the smoke. But, When the Holy Spirit came down upon the believers in Jerusalem, God's presence came like tongues of fire and rested on each one of them, and others saw it happening. So he became personal. The Ruach comes to teach, to encourage, to counsel, to comfort, and the most amazing thing about it is he helps us to change into the likeness of Yeshua. In what we say, in what we do, 
and the way we act. So Shavuot's a very important time or event, if you will, because it is that event that God used to transform his people into the image of Yeshua through the Ruach HaKodesh. As Rav Shaul, the, the Apostle Paul, said in Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Ruach is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Messiah have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Ruach, we must, we, let us also walk in the Ruach. God wants us to undergo a transformation by altering our behavior. When we come to Messiah and we're filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, we're not supposed to be the same people we were before. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be transformed. I will be the first to admit I haven't fully become the person that God wants me to be. Yet. But he is changing me. The more I allow his Ruach to transform me into what he wants me to be, the closer I get to being there. It's a process. And in the process, let's ask ourselves these three questions. What fruit are we bearing? And are we allowing God to change us. See, some people want to stay the same. Well, you can't be the same person you were in the world if you come to the Lord and you're filled with his Ruach because they oppose one another. And probably the most difficult question, do you want to be changed? If we're going to understand the teachings of Yeshua and the messages of Scripture... Yeshua said in John chapter 16, I still have much more to tell you, but you cannot handle it just now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will tell you. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said the Ruach will take from what is mine and declare it to you. The, the transformation to becoming what God wants from all of us is kind of shown in how Peter was transformed. Remember after Yeshua was arrested? A timid, nervous, even fearful Peter, when he was asked, if he was one of Yeshua's followers, in chapter 18 of the Gospel according to John, starting at verse 17, he said, they asked him, aren't you one of this man's disciples too? And he said, no, I'm not. In verse 25, again, aren't you one of his disciples too? And he denied it and said, no, I'm not. And then finally, in verses 26 and 27, he says, he, he's the question, didn't I see you in the garden with him? And Peter denied it. Contrast that with what happened on Shavuot. On the day of Pentecost, 
filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, Peter stood and addressed the crowd. Peter was being transformed. He is no longer that timid, nervous, and fearful follower. He stood up. In Acts chapter 2, from verses 21 through 41, it records what he said. Fellow Judeans and all who are staying in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and pay attention to my words. These men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken about through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my ruach on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my slaves, male and female, I will pour out my ruach in those days. And they shall prophesy. And I will give wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth beneath. Blood and fire and smoky vapor. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the great and glorious day of Adonai comes. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of Adonai will be saved. And you can read the rest of that speech that Peter gave. Um, But you can see the difference. He's no longer afraid. He's no longer denying, but he's standing up and boldly proclaiming. It wasn't him. It was because he was filled with the Ruach. The Ruach spoke through him. And in ver- down in verse 41, it says that he, with many words he warned them and kept urging them, saying, Save yourselves from this twisted generation. It was a very impassioned speech. Not one you might have expected from Peter after seeing how he reacted before. And, be, and as a result of this speech, verse 41 says, So those who received his message were immersed, and that day about 3,000 souls were added. Bear with me for a moment. So as for me, about 32 years ago when I first came to faith, believe it or not, I was a timid nervous, and fearful person. But when I received the indwelling of the Ruach in 1984, he began a change and transformation in me, which is a process that is ongoing. So you could say that I am a work in progress. And guess what? So are all of you. I need forgiveness Daily, sometimes hourly, who knows? And I desperately need the transformation to continue in my life. Now, I read recently about an illustration of what happens as a result of receiving the Ruach. See these two CDs? They look identical, don't they? Well, if you were to touch them, they feel identical. Guess what? Both of these CDs came from the same stack, the same supply, but they're very much different. One, it's unlabeled. If you look closely at the backside, you can see that there's nothing written to that CD. It's blank. It has no data on it. This other one has a nice, colorful label. 
it's full of information. Some of them even include images, something this one doesn't have. When you record images and information to a blank CD, it's a process called burning. It's the same thing when the Ruach HaKodesh indwells you. A download begins. The teaching, the instruction, all the understanding is now being burned to that blank disk, to you. And it all becomes available to us. Guess what? We need to be ready and willing to be burned. Now, something interesting about this one. Because it was initialized and it was written to and finalized, you cannot rewrite to this. You cannot add anything to it, and you cannot take, it, take anything away. The only thing you can do is shred it, throw it away, break it. That information is burned on there. This one here has an advantage, because until you finalize it, you can keep adding to it, and that's what the Ruach does to us. The Ruach keeps adding as we allow him to. And as he adds to us and increases our knowledge, increases our understanding, the more we get, the more teaching, the more instruction, and we are enriched by it. But understand something very important. God does not force himself on any of us. He won't burn that CD. He won't put any information into you through the Ruach until you allow him. You have to be initialized and be ready to put the information there. But he does come to everyone who opens their hearts to allow him to teach them, to transform them. And the Ruach then becomes a resource for us that we can draw from. Remember what Yeshua said? He will remind you of everything I told you. So we can see the things that Yeshua told the disciples. We're no different. We see the same information. But sometimes we don't remember it. The Ruach is there to help you remember what Yeshua said. Remember everything that God said. So that's a resource for us. That we can seek the Ruach to teach us and remind us all the words that are in our scriptures. And that, in turn, will enable us to reach others with his good news. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we thank you and we bless you on this day. We thank you that you gave your Torah. You gave your instructions. You gave your teaching through Moses for us to know how to act before you, And how to love you. We thank you that Yeshua came. That that partition could be torn apart. Torn down. And that we can now come boldly. Before your throne. That we can seek you through your Ruach. Who is indwelling us. And changing us. Each and every moment of each and every day. We thank you Lord. As we continue to seek you. That you will continue to feed us. That you continue to make us grow in you. And through your Ruach. That will be accomplished. 
Your will will be accomplished in us because we yield to you. Thank you, Lord, because of your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for Shavuot. Thank you, Lord God, that you have set aside a Moed for us to celebrate. We thank you for all the Moedim at this time. And thank you for giving us the desire to keep your feasts and the ability to keep your feasts. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your mercy, and your loving kindness upon all of us. In Yeshua's name, amen.